Yeah. What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy. Live here on Thursday. We are live on Twitter, YouTube, and and Facebook now. It's a little bit new of an uh, addition there. Um, two good guests with me on the podcast today. Uh, one is returning. One is uh, a brand new guest, and actually, it's his his first uh, podcast live here on Twitter. So I want to make sure before we jump into any sort of football talk, any sort of fantasy talk, I introduce both of my guests here. So to start, I got Coach Bruce. Um, Coach Bruce, super active in the community. Uh, what I've really respected about what you've been doing is you've been grabbing a bunch of different rankings and putting them all together and making like a consensus sort of ranking with some graphics. I thought that's been awesome. Um, again, very active, commenting on different threads and boosting some people. So I wanted to get you on to talk some football uh, and hearing it's your first podcast. I'm excited. So can you tell everybody uh, where we can find you? Cause this will be on iTunes and Spotify, all that cool stuff where we can find you and uh, anything you got going on, man. Yeah, you bet, man. And thank you, Nick, for having me on. I appreciate it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. You can find me at coach Bruce 122 on Twitter. Uh, just long and short of it, you know, former uh, small college, uh, you know, football, basketball guy. And uh, I think as ex-athletes, we're all trying to figure out what's that next hustle or what's that next thing that's going to give us that same competitive feeling. So I got, got entrenched in some fantasy football been playing for, shoot, probably 15 years now and, and obviously redraft and, and, and for many years and then got into Dynasty. And and uh, just Twitter's been a phenomenal community meeting guys like Nick and obviously following a lot of stuff Victoria does, a lot of great people that have helped me out along the way. So looking forward to today's show, man. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. Um, also with us today, Victoria, this is her second time on the podcast. The first time it was her first ever podcast, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but since then, you've got some big things going for you. So uh, I'll let you talk a little bit more about that, but contributor to Ball Blast Football and footballguys.com, uh, part of the Bills Mafia and uh, definitely a great follow on Twitter. So Victoria, welcome back to the podcast. Um, can you tell people, of course, where to find you and then all the cool things you got going on because you are quite busy now. Yeah, thanks for the intro, Nick. Yes, this was indeed my first ever pod, uh, and I'll always be eternally grateful to you, Nick, for inviting me on. Happy to be, to be back. Uh, you can find me at FFB underscore Victoria. And yes, I'm uh, putting out content for Ball Blast football right now. Shout out Ball Blast and just joined football guys. I couldn't be more excited to uh, to be a part of those teams. That is awesome. And we got people in the, in the chat already. We got Mike, who's on the the show yeah. also before um i think he was hitting some buttons too fast here but yeah so what we got going on today um i will uh talk about in a second here what i do want to talk about first though is uh the fantasy points so fantasy points media you'll see in the bottom left or right corner depending on uh where you're sitting uh from where i'm sitting it's one way the viewers a different way but um again this is uh now my like third or fourth week with fantasy points um it's composed of a, a handful of podcasts um, ones that you'd recognize, uh, the fantasy points, uh, .com website in general is awesome. So before every show, I do a ton of notes and research and literally it's a one-stop shop. So instead of in the past, I, I used to go to this website and then search the web and then make sure I'm not, you know, clicking on some clickbait articles and things like that and, and do a bunch of jumping around. But nowadays with any sort of research for a podcast or an article, I go to fantasypoints.com. If you check out fantasypoints.com and you would like to subscribe, use the promo code 21WIN10. You get a discount and it's well worth it. They have the new rookie guy that just came out and there's an app version that is absolutely awesome if you are preparing for that uh, rookie draft. So definitely check them out there. 
Um, throw that up uh, on the screen. All right, so what we got going on today is we have a crystal ball episode. So, I mean, I could have just said 2021 predictions or something like that, but I wanted to get fancy and make it something uh, to grab some attention here. So uh, what we have going on is I'm going to ask Victoria and Coach Bruce various questions about predicting what's going to happen in 2021. Obviously way too early, but that's okay. Um, and we're just going to talk it out and uh, hear some opinions on that. So some cool topics there. It's nice to not talk about the, you know, incoming rookie class or, um, you know, whatever else we continuously are over pounding right now on Twitter. So we'll get into that in one second here. The cool thing about the intros is when when it goes on, the audience just sees the the intro video, but I can see the background. So I see Victoria in the in the in the back scenes kind of jamming out. So appreciate that. We got some more people. Uh Peacock, Miles Peacock popping in there. Troy King, what's up? And my buddy Jacob Dunn. Great people in the chat here. So the initial question before we start uh rubbing the crystal ball for 2021 is just recently, James Conner is now a and Arizona Cardinal. Uh, obviously, a lot of takes when it comes to what that outlook means, uh, if they're going to actually take a rookie in this class or not, if Chase Edmonds is the guy anymore. Curious to hear your guys' brief thoughts about the Cardinals' backfield. Um, are you interested in Connor? Are you not? Do you think there's a bigger step to this plan? Uh, Coach Bruce, we can start with you, man. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you talk about a guy that's got a, a tremendous story. You know, a tough as nails kid that came through and got an opportunity to play at University of Pitt in his hometown and first team All-American, I think, sophomore year. Goes for 1,700 yards. Uh, then gets, obviously, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, misses the season, comes back in 2016, and then goes over another 1,000 yards again and, and uh, bounces back, gets in the NFL, and has a great 2018. And, and I heard, you know, the podcast you had last night with, with Doc, you know, talking about connective tissue injuries. And, and of course, James Conner came up. But, you know, the backfield there with, with Chase Edmonds, uh, Kenyon Drake experiment didn't go, I think, as well as the Cardinals' plan. Uh, I do like what Cliff Kingsbury does with that offense, being an offensive-minded guy. But James Conner, to me, is that tough-as-nails kid, can get some goal-line carries. He's obviously done it. He, he had 55 receptions, I think, one year. But I think he brings an element to the team that they need, the running back position. Where he's not just a slash one cut guy. I think he's a guy that can that can that can pound between the tackles and also get you get you some yak. So I, I'm excited to have him on board. I, I don't think he's more than an RB three for me. To be honest with you, you know I think he's averaging P's around early sixth round. But but I do like from a culture standpoint bringing somebody in like that in the running back room. I think it helps that program out tremendously. I like that take, and it's it's nice to have somebody with a coaching background. Um, come on because I think things like that we take for granted sometimes what you know somebody comes into our organization and brings something a little bit different I mean the guy definitely has a bite and a good backstory there um Victoria so from your point of view James Conner we interested are we not what's your thoughts on maybe a fantasy outlook for this backfield now well 
Uh, I did see an interesting tweet yesterday from Matt Betts, uh, and he reminded us so kindly that Arizona's running back one is Kyler Murray. So let's can't forget that first and foremost. Yet this backfield, though, is a decent target for if you so choose to be a zero running back uh, strategist. I do not. Uh, no, thank you. But if you do, you know, that's where the, you, you can get a gold mine in an uncertain backfield, right? Um, but <laughs> – Last year, I was curious on the splits with Drake and Edmonds, and I found that Drake was on the field for 54% of the offensive snaps, Edmonds for 46%. So it really wasn't that that cut and dry there. I mean, it was a one-two punch. Um, and most people want to believe, because maybe because of the story, maybe because not, it is a wonderful story. It's amazing. But most people want to believe that Connor's got some more left in the tank. But the Steelers signed Kalen Balaj recently. And yeah. He was on a one-year $920,000 contract. Arizona only gave Connor one year $1.75 million. So $750,000 more. The Steelers didn't want to pay him that. I'm not I'm not assuming it was a give or take, you know, stay or leave. But, I mean, Devontae Booker back if Saquon is getting two years $5.5 million. So the money tends to talk uh, if you follow the money. I'm not saying Edmonds is getting paid more. He's not. But. That worries me in, in terms of putting all of our eggs in one basket with Connor. Um, I know we've seen him obviously have a lead role, and we haven't seen Edmonds have that, but um, I can see it shaking out similarly to that committee we saw last year. Um, Connor maybe gets the goal line work, but he did look pretty slow and was underutilized toward the end of last season, um, evidently, with the Steelers. Um, and Drake was good enough to cut into – Excuse me, Edmonds was good enough to cut into Drake's workload. So, um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think the money talks is a good factor because obviously when you are throwing the money to a guy, uh, it kind of speaks to the potential, I guess, role or importance they might have on that team. It, it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, definitely an interesting factor. Um, I like the split that you talked about as well because it just showed that the way this uh, offense operated this past season was using a guy like Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds a lot. And they are very different. You know, Chase Edmonds was obviously a guy that caught the ball a lot, a little bit of a change of pace at times. Um, James Conner, we know is a hard nose, you know, goal line guy who does well with volume. So the volume 2018, he was the RB six weeks one through um, 16 there. So I know we have a lot of recency bias sometimes, um, in, in terms of, Hey, what, what have you done for me lately? And Connor lately has not done a ton, but at the same time, back in 2018, he was getting a ton of volume. So I think we have to keep that in mind as well when we're weighing out, Hey, what is it? What does this mean? Because like you said too, you have Kyler chase Edmonds and him. So even if they all get some decent touches, they're all getting decent touches. So, um, any, any final thoughts on that? Or are we, uh, good to move on to the crystal ball here? Good to go. I'm good. All right. So, again, if you are tuning in right now, we want to change things up and not name this episode, you know, predictions for 2021. We are naming it the crystal ball episode. So we are going to hit on some different topics here and give our predictions for some outcomes for 2021. Obviously, the rookie draft has not happened yet, and that's going to have some impacts on a lot of our thoughts. Uh, And there's plenty of time in the offseason to go, but it's always fun to talk about what could be in the future here. So. The first one I have for you guys is Alex Smith, comeback player of the year this past season. Again, I, I've actually talked about this topic a few times. Uh, 
the, the award should be named after Alex Smith. I mean, it, the story 100%. was incredible. And what he was able to do after almost losing a leg was unreal, unreal. So they should name the award the Alex Smith Award. But for 2021, it's still the comeback player of the year. So, uh, Coach Bruce, you said before you um, might have catch or, or caught a l- little bit of Edwin. This episode, who was just on Tuesday, we talked about injuries. Yeah. Let's let's talk about a couple of these injuries really quick here. So I had Joe Burrow, ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, Saquon Barkley, ACL, MCL, meniscus, Cortland Sutton, ACL. We had a couple guys with Achilles injuries. Dak Prescott had that fracture, a compound fracture and an fracture, ankle injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a lot of guys down this list of um, who missed significant time in 2020. So rubbing the crystal ball, you have to predict it right now. We'll start with you again, Coach Bruce. Who is the comeback player of the year in 2021, and uh, why do you think is that guy? Well, if anybody follows me on Twitter, which, you know, those of you that are, are nice enough to do so, you know I'm a huge Cowboys guy. I'm a huge Dak Prescott enthusiast. So for me, I think it's tough. You talk about tough as nails. You know, Alex Smith's story, I think it's one of the best stories you're going to see. That 30 for 30 series was phenomenal. But you're talking about a guy that, that you know, scrambling, you know, trying to create some time and, and, and gets tackled. And you see the compound fracture happen on TV. And you hear Tony Romo, you know, at first you can't really tell what's going on. You see Dak pounding his foot, you know, against the ground like he's trying to put his, his foot back in his shoe. And, and talk about tough, man. I mean, that, that was crazy. So to me, he's my QB2. You know, I rank quarterbacks, you know, he's my QB2. And there are some people that, you know, just the system, year three under Kellen Moore. Um, his pace through five games last last season, 68% completion percentage. I think he was over 370 yards passing per game, like 44 attempts per game. Uh, six, I think that's a 6,000-yard pace, which which would have led the NFL and, and broke, a, broke a record, right? Uh, and then 2019, he threw for you know, another 5,000 there. I think he was just shy of 5,000. So, again, if you look at the offensive line last year, you've got Tyron Smith, you know, Pranel All-Pro. You know, two games last season um, due to injury. You've got right guard who got moved to tackle and Zach Martin, another all-pro offensive lineman. Lyle Collins missed the entire year. I mean, that offensive line was just absolutely decimated. So I think with him coming back, if they can stay healthy, you've got some backups on the O-line, got a chance to get some reps and get some game experience. And then I don't know how you defend Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Jarwin's back, who gives you a lot more at the tight end position than we got with, with Dalton Schultz, who – you know, he's lucky, you know, if he got a yard after the catch and, and certainly didn't create much separation. So I think there's a, a big element there. And I think there's a lot to be said for being in, in your third year with the same offensive coordinator in the same system. A lot of your pieces coming back. So I think Dak's going to have a tremendous year. And I don't know how else you give the comeback player year to anybody else. So, yeah, I think uh, a, a lot of great points right there um, with Dak. I just remember that injury like it was yesterday because I was hanging out in my parents house in the garage and me and my dad were just sitting at his bar and just hands on the head you fell for the guy because you just saw the look on his face his teammates face the crowd so definitely rooting for deck um for this next season so i definitely understand how he can be at the top of this list especially with him being a quarterback because we see a lot of the awards so often in the nfl go to quarterbacks so um you did say qb2 we're not going to get into that because i don't know if that uh triggers victoria with her oh, I know it does. Q- qb1 or qb2 um <laughs> but uh let's flip gears to victoria here now um victoria 2021 crystal ball who is the comeback player of the year for you yeah i certainly had dak on my list for this award right i mean 
Fantastic shot at it and a wonderful point that quarterbacks are more likely to get, get the awards. Um, the person I think has the easiest path to this award is Christian McCaffrey. Um, CMC, he's, we know he's a beast. We know he, the offense runs right through him. We know he's one of the only bell cows left in fantasy. You've got all of that on top of the vacated targets from Samuel. You got no longer have Mike Davis in the backfield. I just he's gonna explode again. Um, and I just feel like he's one of those guys who has a lot to prove to himself to to show how he's overcome that injury. And um, you know he's the heart and soul of that team. I don't know how it's gonna suss out with with Darnold there, but um, he did it with with other uh, pretty mediocre guys there. So. I think he's got the easiest path to that award. I thought yeah, you were going to go Saquon Barkley right there. I was wondering if anybody was going to say that. He's also on my list. He is. Yeah, he is. Sure. I think he'll, he'll explode again too. I just want to. I just want to see a fully healthy season from him. For sure. I uh, agree. I asked a couple people this the same question, and the the most frequent answer was actually Saquon Barkley. Um, mm. And I can see the case for all three. I will say I think it's going to come down to. All of them miss significant time. It's going to come down to who separates themselves enough from the rest of their position. So, Coach Bruce, you mentioned Dak. If Dak ends up, you know, being one of the passing leaders again, he might be at the top of the race. If Christian McCaffrey is perform performing like the 101, like we knew him before, might be at the top of the list. So, definitely some competition. I I I think it would be hard for this award to be won by anybody not name one of these three, just because yeah. I don't think. Any player that was injured, I'm trying to think who I'm missing, but I'm not. I'm not thinking anybody who was out that long last year is going to be like a clear cut race to be a top three quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So, um, yeah, good good info there. Uh, a lot of injuries this past year, so we got to be careful sometimes too with our uh, projections moving forward because when we rank, we talked about rankings with Coach Bruce. When we rank quarterbacks or running backs and wide receivers. You know, and we look at who finished where this past season, we have to keep in mind all the guys that were not even factored in because of injury, um, which kind of gets to our next point here. So QB1, QB1, weeks one through 16, it would have been Kyler, QB1. Weeks one through 17, it would have been Josh Allen. Weeks one through 16 in 2020, Mahomes was QB3. 2019, QB8, but he was injured. Uh, 2018, he was a QB1. So I'm taking those three guys out of the picture because if I surveyed the world right now, I bet these three would be at the top of the list. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. So my question to you guys is, rubbing the crystal ball here, who is going to be the fantasy QB1 in 2021 if it is not one of those three guys and Victoria will start with you on this one. All right. Maybe I should save. I don't know if coach Bruce wants to talk about deck again, but he's definitely on my list. I'm going to, I'm going to swerve a little and go Justin Herbert. Uh, okay. At the end of last season, when I was putting him in my starting lineup, I was expecting this man to have 300 yards, three touchdowns. And I was like, boy, what are you doing? If he didn't, right. Now he's got a whole offseason for Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan Allen uh, Williams, Eckler, to get back some health. Um, you know, he proved to be obviously just as efficient without um, all of them in the lineup at once. He's thrown a guy named Jalen Guyton and still putting up fantasy points. Um, most importantly, they got a lot of help for their O-line, right? They were ranked, PFF had them ranked 
as the 32nd best, the worst O-line in the league. Um, they got one of the best centers in football in Lindsley. I just, I love Herbert for next year. I think he could, could explode. I like a lot of those points. He was the guy that took some quick notes on here. You talked about expecting three touchdowns. It's funny because at the beginning of the season, if you had him in like a super flex, you were just hoping he'd win the job at some point. But then later on during the season, a lot of people would get mad if he did not throw three touchdowns because he did so many times. He actually had six games with three or more touchdowns this year. So that's that's a lot of games throwing three or four or five, whatever the case was, touchdowns. He was number 10 in touchdowns on the season. Uh, five games with 27-plus fantasy points. So Justin Herbert had had a ton of upside this past season, and if he does add a little bit of rushing to his game, uh, I, I can see I can see the argument here. So um, shifting over to Coach Bruce now, is it is it the obvious uh, answer for you, or did you have somebody else in mind? No, it's not. I mean, I, I could go Dak there, right? But I'm like, I'm gonna try not to use the same guy to answer answer different questions, but. I think Victoria's dead on. I've got Justin Herbert there as well. Oh, all right. Okay. You talk about Eckler coming back. You talk about Jared Cook, who they've added. Parham, I think, is a decent, you know, 12 personnel can play a role there. Mike Williams, you know, gives you that deep stretch the field. Keenan Allen can run every route in the route tree. He's a target machine. And and I, I saw something earlier today, and it's not the first time I've seen it in a few other uh, mock drafts, but, you know, imagine if Jalen Waddle ends up, in, ends up there. You know what that offense could look like. Ooh. So Herbert to me is fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big Herbert guy as well. So I think that's, I think that's a great answer there. Hard to argue that. Here's a quick question. Either one of you guys can jump into this one here. A lot of people seem to be out on Lamar Jackson um, this past season. QB nine weeks one through sixteen. A lot of people kind of came off as if he finished outside the top fifteen, but he was still a top ten guy. Obviously, not the QB one he was the season prior. Um, weeks eight through sixteen, he was a QB five. He had a thousand and five rushing yards. Number two was Kyler with eight hundred and nineteen rushing yards, and number three was Cam with five hundred and ninety two. So he was getting close to almost doubling what the third place. Um, passer rushing yards was getting the words mixed up there. Uh, do you guys see any path to Lamar returning to that? I mean, a, a lot of people feel, I feel like a lot of people are just out on him. I mean, they, they are a team that a lot of mocks are taking a decent wide receiver as well. Um, any, any path to QB one again for Lamar and you don't have to whip out any graphs or anything for, uh, for this. <laughs> I don't see it personally. Uh, you know, I'm a, I love Lamar's a guy that's a highlight reel. He's phenomenal to watch play. You love what he can do when the pocket breaks down, when he's off platform. I think he brings a lot to the table in those scenarios, but he's got to figure out the mechanics and he's got to figure out the passing game. And I think it was telling, I can't remember, you know, the list of receivers, but they were rumored to go to Baltimore and they all chose to go somewhere else. And I think some of that's when you look at, you know, the yards passing per game, you know, how often they run the football, uh, the three-headed machine they had, you know, running back they seem to always have every year. It's just on an offense as a wide receiver, me being a wide receiver guy, that I'm going to be excited about and go, hey, so I'm going to go here and play for, you know, a year or two and trying to try to find the next big contract. I don't see Baltimore being that landing spot that's going to get me where I want to go. So I think that's something that works against him is not having – if Marquise Brown's your wide receiver one, I feel like there's a lot better wide receiver ones out there you can have. And, and I think that, to me, said a lot when those guys weren't willing to, to go there. That's a great point. 
You you in agreement uh, with Coach Bruce, or um, do you see any sort of path to getting back to QB one overall status? I I don't. I just I feel like he might be a little more. This sounds crazy, but he might be a little more of a value this year. I think a lot of people, when they get burned by someone, they don't want to get burned again, right? With uh, Joe Mixon or or with uh, I mean Amari Cooper when he was a Raider, maybe not now, but. I personally was burned last year by Lamar. I took him, I think, in the second round in one of my one of my drafts, and obviously he finished as QB nine. He did not return that value at all. So, I mean, he certainly could, with within the range of his ADP, I think he will still be a fantastic pick in drafts this year. Um, I just don't think he, with with them being the top rushing, the number one rushing team the last two years in a row, I just I just don't see it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he he did um, like you guys kind of alluded to as well. He did have some things against him. I mean, there were some games where Willie Sneed was the most targeted guy in the field for the Ravens, um, which is not great for any NFL team. It's also weird at times because I feel like this offense is so sh- shaped around Lamar Jackson, but at the same time, from a fantasy aspect, that doesn't always mean him throwing the ball 30, 40 yards down the field and you know scoring tons of touchdowns through the air and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see if, if there is a pass catcher added, if that shifts some uh, mentality and thinking for Lamar Jackson. But uh, I definitely hear you guys on that one. My brother actually in a fantasy startup took him in a one quarterback league as the sixth overall player, and he was very unhappy about that um, after yeah. this, this past season. So uh, good stuff there, good stuff there. So – I want to shift over to jobs. So let, let, let's stand that. Let's stay on the quarterback path here. All right. So in the past, we've seen plenty of guys start the season as the starter, start the season as a starter. That makes sense there um, gotcha. for their team. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, the vocabulary here is insane. I also do want to have a quick side note. Cause I threw out uh, a joke about graphs. Um, that actually was something I joked about in uh, our, podcast dm because i literally threw a long list at these guys two days ago i think and i was like here go and uh they're like man we're gonna have to do a lot of homework for this one but i do appreciate you guys coming prepared to to this show um but yes starting quarterback starting quarterback so as a bears fan all right i wonder if with andy dalton there i i don't know i don't know i wonder if there's some sort of chance that we see what happened with mike lennon a couple years back where he started four games and then Mitch took over the job. I wonder if there's any path to an incoming rookie to do the same. Um, There's a couple other guys that come to mind, but I won't take anything away from you guys. So crystal ball, who is a quarterback in this coming season that you guys think may start the year off as the team's QB one and then end up losing their job. And uh, coach Bruce, we can start with you on this one, man. I was hoping to go Victoria first on this one. This was honestly, of all the questions, probably the toughest one without knowing it is, you know, it is. where rookies are going to land, right? The, the reason, the reason too, before I cut you off yeah. here, is it, it's tough because it'll it'll be funny to look back if you say this guy's going to lose his job and then he ends up being like the QB5 or something like that. But right? go, go ahead, yeah. So I've got a few scenarios that I would throw at you guys. Is You've got, you know, obviously if Carolina goes quarterback, who's it going to be? What's, what's going to happen on trade day? You know, we don't know those things yet, but – I can certainly see a scenario where Cam Newton starts out, or I'm sorry, if you look at New England, if you look at where he, I'm so caught up on him still being a Panther, but if you look back at, at Cam Newton and say, hey, if he's in New England, they go Mac Jones as an example. 
what's that going to look like now that they brought in John o. Smith, Hunter Henry? Are they going to be more comfortable starting at Cam Newton? And, and does, does Mac Jones end up taking over that role? I don't know. You could say the same thing in Atlanta, where I feel the smart move at four is either trade down, help defensively, right, get more picks. If you go quarterback, you're probably going to get a Trey Lance. Is he ready to start when you've got Matt Ryan? Yeah, he's 35, but the guy can flat out still sling it. So I think there's a scenario there where, where Matt Ryan doesn't have doesn't have a defense. I don't know if it's a playoff team or not. The NFC is, is so freaking tough that I can see a scenario there. If they go Trey Lance, hey, let's – Let's bring him along a little bit. We've got Matt Ryan. Let's see how the season kicks off, and, and maybe we, we make a move there. And then, you know, the other scenario for me is, is, is Jameis Winston. As much as, you know, being the first 30-30 guy in the history of the NFL to throw 30 touchdowns and have 30 picks in the same season. But Sean Payton's offense and what he does schematically with, with, with Kamara and Michael Thomas and even Marquez Callaway, I think, is going to step up a little bit this year. That should be a playoff team. So if Jameis Winston does struggle and he's turned the ball over, then, you know, it's a situation there where you, you might see a Taysom Hill opportunity. You might see, you know, so to me, I don't have a clear cut without knowing where rookie landing spots are going to be uh, of who that person would be. I mean, you could say Andy Dalton. I'm not a big Andy Dalton guy. And I saw where the offense went when he took over in Dallas. It's a touchy uh, subject, so, so keep going, keep going. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's, that's where I'm at. I, if I had to say one, I would just say, hey, look, if everything stays where it's at and Atlanta can't get what they want at four to trade down, you know, and, and the smart move there, I think, is go Kyle Pitts. But we don't know. Maybe they go Trey Lance. But if they do, I think that's the guy that's going to be, you know, a situation where if, if that season's over and they're, they're eight to ten games in and they're not in the playoff hunt, we might see Trey Lance start in year one. Nick is a big Andy Dalton guy, says my buddy Steve. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know about that one. I don't There's know a whole lot of them left. Uh, Victoria, so – Good, good points by Coach Bruce. I actually, I don't know why I didn't think about the Patriots on this because I feel like that's that's kind of obvious when you look at some mocks and uh, there's people that have Mac Jones or one of these other guys going to the Patriots or Bill Belichick's pulling the ace out of his pocket and somehow gets like the first pick of the draft or something like that. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, Victoria, who, who was a player or anybody that came to mind when uh, we're talking about a QB that might lose their starting job? Yeah. The Patriots were the first team I thought of, but that's because I, you know, my my hatred towards them, obviously. But Newton, my favorite guy to talk about, this is the best stat ever that he threw eight passing touchdowns in 2020. Or, excuse me, what is the total? Is it eight and three of them were against the Jets in week 17? I'm pretty positive that's the stat. I can double check and look that up. That's disgusting. And then someone will say to me, well, Victoria, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. I don't care. Cam's getting his butt benched. I'm not going to say the A word because we'll say the tush. He's getting his tush bench for sure, for sure. Other candidates, Drew Locke. I don't want to speculate again on who who's going to go where. You know, Denver's certainly open to drafting the quarterback. I've read they're open for competition for Drew Locke. He's obviously not taking that step forward that they figured he might. Uh, so he's a, a good candidate. And I think Jimmy G as well in San Fran. Um, if they stick with him, I don't know if they're going to move him before the draft um, to the Patriots. <laughs> but hey. for sure, I'm, I'm hoping that Justin Fields goes to uh San Fran. Oh my gosh. I'm excited to watch Justin Fields anywhere, I'll be honest. But um certainly if somebody like Fields goes to San Fran, 
I, I don't see them sticking with Jimmy long-term. Yeah. And they, they came out and said that, right. they said, Jimmy G is our guy in 2021. They didn't say how long, but they did say he, he is their guy. Um, when it comes to a few, what do you think about a few of these situations here? What, what about uh, New Orleans? Um, so I think, I think, and a lot of people will yell at me, but I think Jameis Winston should be the starter if it's between him and Taysom Hill. I could see a world where Taysom Hill starts the season and they say, hey, we're giving you that shot again that we talked about, and then he loses it to Jameis Winston. That's my my one of them. And then the other one I want to talk uh, briefly about, and then – you guys can talk about either one before we move on. What about the Texans? What about the Texans? What if there's a world where Deshaun, I don't want to get into anything related to what's going on with Deshaun Watson, but there is a chance he doesn't play at all next season. There's a chance he might miss some time next season. What What if there's a world where Tyrod Taylor starts off the year and potentially maybe it's Deshaun Watson coming back or maybe it's another guy they put in the system because Deshaun Watson, you know, is out of it. So those are two guys that came to mind. Any, any brief thoughts on uh, either one of those? Well, it's funny you bring, bring that up. Cause I actually, I shouldn't say funny, probably the wrong word, but I was on a clubhouse last week and there was a lot about X, X NFL football players and talking about being in those scenarios, but I'm going to leave that to the, the judge and jury and not comment on that part of it. But I think that's a very valid point and, and, you know, definitely is worth talking about, you know, what, what does Houston do? You know, as of right now, Deshaun Watson's our quarterback, you know, but at the same time, we've seen scenarios where the NFL will drag their feet in these type of type of circumstances. And you don't know if it's going to play out before the season starts, if it's going to drag into the season, if it's going to be that appeal after appeal after appeal, and somehow that gets dragged out. So it's just such a tough thing to predict. But I think Tyrod Taylor, I think it's a great, it's a great point. Any thoughts on this, the Saints or, or either one of these two teams? I don't know if we, we want to dig too deep on the Texans. I don't want Tyrod to start because then that makes all the Bills fans come out of the woodwork and they're like, Tyrod took oh, yeah. us to the playoffs. I love Ty God. Like, no, guys, leave it back there. Leave that in the past, please. Please don't let Tyrod start. I wish him the best. Maybe he will start, um, but hopefully not. Um, no, I, I am with you in the sense that I – think Winston should have the starting job for the Saints. I'm very curious to see how that plays out in training camp and who wins uh, wins the role with with Taysom Hill being Peyton's little darling. Um, but fantasy is just way more fun with with Winston slinging it, whether it's to his own team or the other. It's just you can see now. Exactly, that's a great. Michael Thomas prefers Jameis Winston, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Well. Uh... Victoria, quick note: You've had two different voices for comments and fans um, going on that Uh-oh. you've uh, you've used. So they're not they're not hand in hand. I will I will say that I, I did notice that. Um, let let's so we we're, we just talked about the quarterback position. Let's go to the running back position. And I don't want to keep being negative about people losing their jobs and falling out of the top ten. But let's have one more negative topic here before we move on. Looking at running backs. Out of the top 10 guys this past season, does one stand out to you guys as, hey, there, there, there's not a chance this guy's going to finish uh, in the top 10 or close to the top 10 for 2021? There might be some obvious ones, but um, which one do you stuck out as, hey, 2021, this guy is not going to be a top 10 running back like he was in 2020? And we'll go to Victoria on this one. I was just looking some up. Obvious candidates and up. 
hopefully you don't yell at me here, Nick. I mean, David Montgomery, he had a pretty it's, it's right. yeah. stretch at the end, and I know that's such an easy thing to bring up. He, he's a talented guy, and he's going to get the, the volume, though. That doesn't make me shy away from him. Uh, but he finished fourth in half PPR. Um, another guy, Josh Jacobs, that's another obvious one with, with Kenyon Drake signing. He is a volume-dependent kind of guy, too, and he, he's just not very efficient. Um, he's not flashy. He's not sexy uh, for fantasy. Um, so those are, those, are, those are the top two that come to my mind for that question. All right. C- Coach Bruce, does anybody stick out to you as, hey, there's, there's no way this guy's finishing as a top-10 guy again in 2021? You know, there, it's, it's, it's ironic because if, if, if you're getting technical – Right. If you go to different, you know, and see how they finished up. Kareem Hunt typically, you know, technically was a top 10 back because Nick Chubb lost four games in term, but not in fantasy points per game, but in total fantasy points for the year. But I feel like that was cheating to use that. I think it's too easy to say that, you know, Kareem Hunt falls out of the top 10. So I'll just make a joke about that. But the other one, Josh Jacobs was one I thought of. You know, I got to see Kenyon Drake. Obviously, I'm out here in Arizona and, and you know, I followed his career. And, that didn't quite pan out. If you took his last eight games of 2019 and projected it out over 16 games for 2020, you would have thought this was a great match in 2020. It was going to be a great year for him in Arizona, and it just didn't play out that way. But I don't see him going to a team where he doesn't feel like he's going to get some sort of volume. You know, So I think there's going to be some touches he'll take away from, from Josh Jacobs. But I do think Josh is more talented of the two for sure. And then I threw out, you know, this is going to ruffle some feathers, but I almost threw it out kind of in the opposite. You know, I think there's a lot of people that are, Questioning James Robinson, undrafted free agent out of Illinois State, finished around RB5. Um, you know, what is Urban Meyer's offense going to look like with Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator? Um, he spent some time in, in Minnesota as far as was getting ready to retire and then was in Seattle and had some great years with Russell Wilson and, and then, of course, lately in Detroit. And then with Trevor Lawrence coming in. So I think a lot of people think Urban Meyer open offense. I think they forget Urban Meyer likes to run the football. He will run the football. So I think that's that's more of a, an opposite approach that I'm just saying. I think I've heard a lot of people that think that James Robinson can't repeat what he did last year. It was more of an outlier. And, and you know, I would disagree with that. I think that with the weapons they have in adding Marvin Jones to, to Chenault and DJ Shark is gives you the impression they're going to sling it all over the field. And yeah, I don't I don't expect them to be up in many games late. So they're going to have to throw the football a little bit. But at the same time, I still think James Robinson's a productive back. So I would like to see him finish in the top 10. Um, all love for James Robinson, obviously, is a guy in the burbs of Chicago. James Robinson was from Rockford, Illinois. Then he went to Illinois State. Uh, so I have a Robinson jersey floating around somewhere. Um, but yeah, good, good, good points there. Uh, what I do like to point out is we talked about other running backs who were out of the picture this past season. We talked about McCaffrey earlier. We talked about Saquon Barkley. Um, Nick Chubb, you guys mentioned he was out a significant amount of games this year. Austin Eckler missed a chunk of games this year. And then we always have these rookies that pop up and, and finish in the top 10, 12 uh, year to year. So um, I definitely think this position is going to shake up a ton um, this next season. So uh, good points on some of the obvious ones there that had some good stints at the end of the season or um, had some good paths that might not be identical to next season. No more negatives uh, for this next one. Let's go in a positive direction. So let's look at some wide receivers. So for fantasy purposes, who is a wide receiver? Again, crystal ball episode. Who's a wide receiver that you feel like can jump 10 plus spots for fantasy finishes 
this season. So let's say last season he was the wide receiver 100. You'll say, hey, this guy can finish as 90 or better. Or if he was the wide receiver 40, he can finish as 30 or better. I will throw out my first one here. Um, and then we'll just go uh, back to, I'll just flip a coin here afterwards. Um, but the guy that I want to talk about briefly is, I think, yeah, he's back here somewhere. It's the orange jersey. Oh, there it is. I, I, I want to talk yeah, about Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. And I know a lot of people like to say, Jerry Judy, I'll never get it back up there. Uh, Jerry Judy dropped a lot of passes in 2020, right? And he finished as the wide receiver 54. So this was easy. I mean, is, could he be the 40, 44, 44th wide receiver in fantasy? Yeah, sure. Um, but Jerry Judy, this past season, he had Drew Locke for 13 games. He had Jeff Driscoll for three games. He had uh, Ripian, Ripian for three games. And then he had Hinton, who threw the ball a few times for a game as well. So he had a mixture of quarterbacks. Yeah. Drew Locke had the worst bad throw percentage in the league this past season, according to uh, pro football reference. Um, drops are the big thing that's talked about a lot, but this guy had 113 targets. He was my QB one, not QB one, wide receiver one out of this past rookie class. Um, 113 targets. He had some big flashes, seven catches for 125 yards and a touchdown, 25.5 fantasy points against Atlanta, five catches for 140 yards and a touchdown for 27 points in, I think, the last game of the season. Um, Jerry Judy, I think is, is just very talented. And I think that he had a lot of things against him this past season and seeing how much he was involved in this offense and how he was forced some targets. I really think that he could take a nice jump in 2021. Is he going to be the top 10 wide receiver, um, at the end of the season? Maybe not, but wide receiver 54, there's a huge gap where he can finish better than that. So Jerry Judy is one of the guys I wrote down um, that I actually had some decent data on. Uh, Coach Bruce, who, who's the guy that you think wide receiver position? This guy can finish 10 or more spots better than he did in fantasy this past season. Well, it's funny you brought out the Judy jersey because that was my off the top of my head when I first saw the, the script. I was like, that's that's the guy I'm going to go with. And then I kept going back and forth between some other guys. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to play this a little bit different. And I'm not going to go with somebody that maybe was down in that 40, 50, 60 range. And it's easy to make that jump. Um, I think Judy's a great fit, but I want to see, you know, who the quarterback is and how that plays out. But so you, you, basically what you're saying is you didn't take the easy route like I did. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, you're right. So I, I'm I kidding, looked I'm at kidding, kidding. Well, what's funny is when I first looked at it, I was like, okay, Terry – I'm a big McFly guy, Terry McLaurin. I'm like, hey, you know, he finished wide receiver 20. I can see him in the top 10 with Fifth Magic there. I'll save that for later. But, you know, he was a guy that, that I thought about this spot too. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go. I want to be a Dallas Cowboy homer again because why not? The first podcast, I'm going I'm to do it the way that, that, that makes sense as a Cowboys guy, right? So I went with CeeDee Lamb. He finished at wide receiver 24. Um, he had to play. You bring up quarterbacks that Jerry Judy had to play with. I and mean, this is a guy that, that, you know, I had to play with. Dak for five, right? Andy Dalton for nine. Ben DiNucci for one. Sidearm DiNucci. And then uh, Gary Gilbert. So talk about a tough uh, tough run there in the last last several games. But um, only five games with Dak Prescott in an offseason. It was COVID. You didn't get the walkthroughs and the, and the pre-camp and everything else, the OTAs that they would normally do. Um, so to me, I think you can make that jump from 24 to potentially top 10. 109 targets last year with, I think, 75 grabs, just sh just shy of 1,000 yards and only five touchdowns. And I think that's something that with Kellen Moore and what they do with Dak Prescott in the vertical passing game, I can see him 
you know, obviously not getting that touchdown. I, I could see him with 10 touchdowns. I could see him with 13, 1400 yards, even though you can argue Amari Cooper still the alpha there. I would still say that the CD lamb certainly could jump 10 spots. So I try to make it more, you know, a little more difficult and a little more challenging to answer that question. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, with Dak, Weeks one through five, wide receiver eleven PPR purposes. Yeah. So he was he was good. I mean, we saw a lot of guys who fell off big time. You know, I taught he's in the corner over here too. Tyler Boyd's another guy I yeah. liked a lot with Joe Burrow because he was actually again the number eleven. Weeks one through eleven with Joe Burrow, he was the wide receiver eleven. Pretty sure that's accurate. But um, yeah, def- definitely a, a difference when you use your uh, lose your quarterback, and um, it's a good sign seeing their connection for this coming season. So uh, Victoria, who is your guy, a wide receiver that can jump 10 or more spots in fantasy 2021? Yeah. Two guys. Uh, oh, dogs are barking. Sorry. Two guys. I like. I, th- I thought there was an answer being yelled out back there. I was like, <laughs> she's saying T Higgins. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Um, yeah. T Higgins certainly on my list. I mean, what did he finish with? He had um, six touchdowns, I think almost, uh, just over 900 yards, 100, 108 targets. And you saw, like, when, when Burrow was injured and, and his replacement stepped in, Higgins was still really involved in the games, especially in the red zone. I think his touchdowns can go up, certainly. Um, so I'm super excited to watch him this season. I definitely had Amari Cooper on my list and McLaurin. Um, another guy I love is Deontay Johnson. I think he was so hyped during the offseason mm-hmm. last year. And then it died down. Same thing with the Judy thing, the drops, you know, drops are not pre- predictive year to year, just like mm-hmm. touchdowns are. So that's a really bad stat to say, like, this person's going to finish in this, in a similar spot due to drops. They're really not um, predictable. So um, I, I love the Judy take too. Um, Deontay's just a, a PPR monster and Big Ben's staying at least one more season. So redraft, he's certainly a, a, a person I'm targeting in my drafts. I actually grabbed Deontay pretty high in a startup because, uh, like you said, he's a target monster. And even when he had those games where he left the game early for injury or he was having those drops, he'd come back another week and have 14 targets in a game. So I I like that one a lot. Um, I think the stigma for some of these guys sometimes, too, when it comes to drops or getting banged up kind of takes away from uh, the valuation for the next season. So I think Deontay Johnson is a a good example there. Let's go to the tight end position. Uh, we got 46 minutes in here. Uh, we'll cut off around the hour mark, so I want to make sure we hit some good topics here. Um, tight end position. So Logan Thomas, this past season, I don't think many people in a redraft league had him on their board uh, unless it was a super uh, deep league. Logan Thomas, tight end five weeks, one through 16. He had the highest snap percentage for any tight ends in 2020. He was number three in receptions for tight ends as well in 2020. So for the tight end position, there's a lot of guys who have a big opportunity in front of them. I know a lot of us say, you know, the tight end position outside the top three guys, it's, you know, it's, it's such a dart throw and things like that. But I feel like that's kind of I'm trying to word this the correct way. Exactly. All right. There you go. I was going to say lazy analysis, a cop outs, the, the perfect thing to say, but it is because I think you have to think about the bigger picture sometimes more than saying something like that, because the tight end five, 
would actually make a huge difference in your fantasy league, even if he wasn't to the Travis Kelsey tier, um, because guys could have had the tight end 24 and 12 and 13, things like that. So uh, Irv Smith Jr., Cole Komet, yeah. Adam Troutman, Gerald Everett's on a new team, Anthony Ferkser, Evan Ingram. There's a lot of guys that have opportunities or good outlooks for next season. I just spit out some names. I'm not going to talk about any of these guys. But uh, my question to you guys is, who's the Logan Thomas of 2021? And um, I don't remember who we started with last time, but Victoria's muted. Go go to Coach Bruce. So let's see who's a <laughs> that was a sign, that was a sign like let him let him go. Yeah. So who's the twenty nine year old ex quarterback that's going to be a top ten tight end? Am I hearing that right? <laughs> yes. If you need the height and weight, I have it on me right now. There you go. <laughs> so I went. You mentioned a lot of guys that I I had on my list, and I was kind of and I was trying to you know get it down and it down to one guy. I think Ferkser's a guy that could, could be a guy that could make some splashes. Um, but I, I went with Cole Komet. You know, the guy's 6'6", 260. I think it was a 37-inch vertical at the Combine. Uh, Love to hear it. Love to hear it as a Bears fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's an opportunity for him. Now, I'll say this. I, I, Matt Nagy's got to figure out what he's doing with the offense. I think oh, he's yeah. so confused. What he wants to do, who's going to call plays, you know, and it's frustrating because I'm a Matt Nagy guy. But um, I've got a buddy of mine that, that you know, has done some coaching over there. But. So that's frustrating to see, but I do think Cole Komet makes that step. I think he's a safety blanket for for Andy Dalton. Um, I do think Andy Dalton could go back and play with Eifert. You know, he's a guy that likes his tight ends. So to me, I think there's there's an opportunity there. I think he had what a 93% catch rate last year, but only two touchdowns on 44 targets. So I think that's gonna that's gonna come up. I guess the Jimmy Graham effect ended up right. So yep. Cole Komet's my guy there. I'm on the Komet train. I like Cole Komet just as a Notre Dame and a Bears fan, so I had that bias already. But seeing the targets jump up big time the last couple weeks of the season, he was getting like seven targets at um, at some point. So I, I did like to see the target share. Obviously, the yards have to in, uh, improve dramatically in the touchdowns too. Uh, but good call there, no bias included. Victoria, who is the Logan Thomas of 2021? Okay, so I'll start with one that you guys are going to be like, really? And then I'll give you a dart throw. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts, right? We don't talk about rookie tight ends producing. Re- really? No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. No, right? That's a. You would think this might be an obvious thing, but rookies, rookie tight ends just straight up do not produce very rarely. I think the last we saw was Evan Engram in 2017. I think he was – top five, I think ended up number five in like half PPR. Um, but he's a special dude. I mean, he, he, depending on landing spot, of course, has, he has a path to, to being a, a sleeper, if you will, at the, at the position, a guy I'd realistically be going after in majority of my drafts, probably going to be Dallas Goddard with the Eagles. I mean, can you name truly, if you're just a person off the street, uh, uh their pass catchers that are still left there? Because a normal person probably is like, ah, Elshon Jeffrey? No. Right? I mean, there's not very many capable pass catchers there as of right now. Of course, I expect them to draft some. But, yeah. I mean, Goddard has the, the rapport with with Hertz. And um, if Ertz lands in, let's say, somewhere like Buffalo and leaves, uh, I mean, sky's the limit for Goddard there. I still think he can produce even with Ertz there. I think um, – Still think that's that's a scenario that can happen too. I think Goddard's a good caller. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Hollister just got signed, right? To 
not not too long ago to the, yes, to the, to the Bills. I mean, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, I, I like the Goddard call because of the opportunity, right? Um, the volume could be there. There's not a ton of pass catchers. That's one of the biggest things for me for evaluating tight ends is what's their importance to this offense and what sort of volume are they getting? Uh, so good, good call on the commit and the guy right there And Pitts, I agree. I think, I think a lot of people love him. Um, but in a redraft league with your buddies in your home league, I, I don't know if he's going to go that high, even if he goes in a nice landing spot, um, especially for the, the, the casual fantasy players. So even though us analysts think it's like an obvious, Oh yeah, he's good. I think your home league might be like, Oh, he's a rookie, you know? So good call. Wait, All I, right, love, so, I love oh, Frickser, by the way. I love that Colin Frickser, also a fantastic yeah. guy that I did not think of with all the vacated targets there from, from Smith and Corey Davis. And I'm it's sorry. 157. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's just wild. And and they were talking about on the Fantasy Footballers podcast, too. Like, if one thing goes wrong, if one person gets injured, that offense might maybe will fall apart. But, I mean, he might be he might be a target hog next year, too. So I like that call. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Josh Reynolds is like the other guy in that system right now. I'm not going to say he's going to be the wide receiver too, but literally that's what they're working with right now is A.J. Brown, Ferkser, and Josh Reynolds until they do something different. You know, I, I think they'll draft somebody, but yeah, he's he's definitely a, a guy under the radar just because, hey, again, volume could be there. Uh, but good call. So we're getting close to the hour mark. I'm going to ask you guys two last questions, and you just give me your quick answer for it without – you know, a, a, a ton of detail here just because we're getting close here. Um, but, but my first one here, sophomores, sophomores for 2021. So obviously James Robinson, JT, top 10 running backs. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a good season. Justin Herbert, we talked about. Justin Jefferson was amazing this past season. You got the likes of J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift, who might have an increase in their roles. Uh, you talked about Higgins, Victoria. You talked about C.D. Lamb. Coach Bruce, Claypool, Judy Rager. There's a lot of guys on this list. Who is going to be the fantasy MVP? Give me your give me your one one word. Who it's going to be? Fantasy MVP sophomore for 2021. Victoria, who, who's your guy? Justin Jefferson. Since I already talked about Herbert, I, I think Jefferson can repeat on that incredible rookie season. Okay, Coach Bruce. I'm going, I'm going McFly. Just I got to throw McFly out there. Terry McLaurin from. Your Washington football team. All right. All right. All right. Um, so Terry, you said Terry McLaurin? Yeah. All right. He, he's, I call him uh, McFly. It's my thing. I'm trying to get it to stick. And I he'll be on his, is a great nickname. Yeah, he'll be on his third year. Third year though. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. I, I actually myself, and I'm not and I'm not BSing you here just to like to add to the to the the point out here. I actually wrote about that. Um yeah. A while ago, and I listened to him as an incoming sophomore because I almost forgot because the guys had so many different quarterbacks that you almost forget that he's going to be on his third year there. So, so my second one was was Jonathan Taylor, JT, for the full All right, there you go. full schedule. There you go. All right, and then to spit out one name of a sleeper, a guy that maybe the ADP is low for twenty twenty one, and who that is. I'll start. Keep an eye on Jeff Wilson Jr. Love what he did. Love what he could do. So. Love it. Who, yeah. How about you guys? Coach Bruce, we can start with you. So I went Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. Okay. 4-3 okay. speed right. in that offense. I think there's a real opportunity if you can stay healthy. All right, Victoria, your sleeper. You know it. 
Gabriel Davis, baby, Buffalo Bills. I knew it. Two. Hey, hey. I got to give my one home answer, home home field answer, right? I love it. Hey, that that's that's perfect. We've had a lot of. I mean, I talked about Komet a little bit. We had Coach Bruce talking about Dak. You you talked about uh, Gabriel Davis. So uh, we have to hit our hometown teams um, on these talks sometimes. So awesome podcast here. Uh, again, sleepers. We can go on and on about why you know certain guys could be sleepers and your definition of a sleeper versus mine and vice versa. It could be two different things, but it's nice to talk about guys that are going low in these drafts because so many people are in startups right now. Um, I myself are, am in two. I said no more fantasy leagues like six leagues ago, and I'm still doing startups for whatever reason. I'm getting yelled at here at home. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. Again, big fans of both of you guys and, and what you guys do. And all three of us do very different things in the fantasy community. I think that's the cool part uh, because, you know, we can all be on our different paths, but come together to talk about the same thing because that's what we focus on in this space at the end of the day. So again, nice talking to you guys. I want to make sure I give you guys a chance to plug yourself, anything you want to um, talk about that might be upcoming uh, before we close things up. Uh, so coach Bruce, where can we find you and uh, what's, what's coming up for you? Uh, so again, so at coach Bruce 122, uh, you can find me on Twitter there. Anything football related, I'm, I'm big on, uh, you know, rankings and, and just making sure that and doing the in-depth film analysis, but also taking a consensus. So you know, one of my projects was just grabbing 20 analysts that I trust in the community and, and websites that I think put out some pretty good rankings and combining those for people that might be getting into fantasy for the first time and aren't really sure how to do that. But may not like what ESPN and, you know, some of these other websites have or the rankings, you know, aren't, aren't the greatest rankings. So. Um, that's really kind of what I'm working on right now. Uh, so I like that. Don't get me. I've been appreciative of seeing that. And it actually gives me a push to make sure mine are up to date. Cause I haven't updated mine in a bit. I have been kind of stalling because of the, you know, rookie draft coming up, but I I've seen the consensus rankings. And I'm like, ah, shit, I gotta, I gotta jump on this, but, uh, awesome. Awesome with that. And a lot of people, you get a lot of good interaction from that. So that's, that's awesome for the space. Victoria. Where can we find you and what's what's coming up? Well, first, I want to say, Coach Bruce, uh, you did a fantastic job for your first podcast. Everyone listening, get this guy on your pods, man. This was a this you're a stat machine. This was a really fun time. Nick, thank you so much for having me as well. You can find me at FFB underscore Victoria, um, pushing out articles for Ball Blast and pretty soon uh, football guys and Ball Blast. We just um, we just tweeted out we're trying to um, get some recognition going in the community, and um, we're trying to get you to nominate your favorite fantasy football content producer under 2,500 followers. So if you go to our page, should be our pinned tweet. Um, you just nominate your favorite person in our Google sheet, and we're going to do a bracket, uh, like a March Madness bracket. It's called our first annual Ballsy Bracket. So um, go ahead and get over to our page and nominate your favorite producer there. I think, I think that's a great idea, and uh, everybody should take advantage of that. And I know that those brackets can get kind of wild at, at some points. Won't get too deep into it, but my brother, um, he helps out with P2W every now and then. But he was in one of those brackets before, and it got wild. There was some drama related to it, and uh, a lot of people chiming in and things like that. So it, it's interesting, but that's a, that's a great cause right there. Um, this will be out probably tomorrow or sometime this weekend on iTunes, Spotify, all those good things. Um, thank you for listening. Again, we'll be live next week at some point. Got to plan those shows out now. Um, but uh, thanks again for all the support here at P2W Fantasy, and everybody have a nice night.